Welcome to my podcast, Unlocking Disney, where we talk about all things Walt Disney World, upcoming films, events, and more. If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hey everyone, it's Maddie and welcome back to Unlocking Disney. I hope that you're all well and you're having a really good day. I got lots of positive feedback on my little trailer episode that I did, so thank you so much if you listened. And if you haven't already, make sure that you go and give it a listen to find out more about what this podcast is about, who I am, etc. This is episode two of this podcast and today we're focusing on my must-dos for Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. So if you didn't already know and you're kind of new to the whole Walt Disney World scene, Magic Kingdom is kind of like the main park in Walt Disney World and it opened on the 1st of October 1971. So my plan for today is basically to take you all through my must-dos when I go to the park but I also asked a lot of people on Instagram what their must-dos were when they go to the parks so I've got quite a few of them. If you are interested I actually have an Instagram account that is solely based on Disney and all things Walt Disney World so if you want to follow it I'll leave my username in the description. So today I'm going to be starting off with rides and attractions and I've basically split all of these up into different lands. So in Magic Kingdom you've got Frontierland, Fantasyland, Tomorrowland and Adventureland. The first ride that I'm going to be talking about is Big Thunder Mountain which is found in Frontierland. This is a definite must do for me because it's such a family ride, you know, anyone can ride it whether you're a child or an adult. It's been a ride that I've been going on ever since I started visiting the Disney parks. In comparison to other rides in Magic Kingdom, if you've been on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which I'll come on to in a minute, I'd say it's definitely a bigger and a faster ride for younger children, but I still think it's relatively tame. I mean, I've been riding it since I was about four or five. Next ride is also in Frontierland, and it's Splash Mountain, which is Disney's main log flume. Again, this is a family attraction. Anyone can ride it, and it's honestly one of my favourite rides because it's just so relaxing, obviously, until you get to the drop, but it's just nice to sit down for seven to eight minutes while still enjoying a key attraction at the park. The theming is absolutely incredible and there's so much to take in which is why it's a definite must do for me. The next land that I'm going to be talking about is possibly one of my favourite lands in the whole of the Magic Kingdom and it's Fantasyland. For me it just reminds me of all of those original rides and the original films. Obviously there are some newer attractions and actually two of which that I'm going to be talking about are the newer attractions but it's just so nostalgic and it actually really reminds me of Disneyland Paris. I would kind of say that Disneyland Paris is my home park, like it's the park that I've been to the most and it just brings back so much nostalgia of when I was younger and like when I was a child and stuff. So the first attraction that I'm going to be talking about is Enchanted Tales with Belle. So this isn't a ride, it's more of an experience and at the end you do get to meet Belle so it's a win-win situation. You basically start off in Maurice's little cabin where he does all of his sculptures and all of his crafts and stuff like that and you're taken through the story of how Belle and Beast fell in love. You do it in a big group of people and it's really interactive and I really recommend it. So someone on Instagram actually recommended this one. Personally, it's not one of my favourites. I prefer the Disneyland Paris one, but it's Peter Pan's Flight. I feel like this ride is more of a children's attraction because there's no big drops, it's not thrilling. It just takes you through the story of Peter Pan. Like it is cute, but the queue is always so, so long. It's actually crazy how long this queue gets. Like when I was there last summer, I think it got highs of like three hours, which is just actually insane. Like I'm sure if you've been on it, you'd know that it's not worth a three hour long queue. Even if you have a small child, I would not queue three hours for it. I'd probably queue like, 45 at the most which I don't think is that bad for Disney but honestly I've never seen it lower than an hour 
it's actually insane. And the last ride in Fantasyland that I'm gonna be talking about is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I always get a fast pass for this because the queue, again, is just absolutely insane. It is a really fun ride. I really would recommend it. It's definitely a family coaster. Again, not too thrilling. It is 100% a tamer version of Big Thunder Mountain. It's also quite short, but it is a swinging coaster, so it's quite a fun experience. Even if Big Thunder Mountain is like your favorite ride, I'd still go on it. I feel like I've been quite lucky. Every single time that I've actually been on this ride, I've managed to grab a fast pass for it. So if you can, definitely do. I've never done standby. I've heard that the queue is actually quite interactive, but honestly, if you get a fast pass, you're queuing no more than five minutes. So it's definitely worth it. We're finally on to my all-time favorite land in Magic Kingdom, which is Tomorrowland. Honestly, I cannot fault this land. I basically love every single ride and attraction that's in it, but I have managed to pick four, which I definitely recommend. First of all, we've got Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, which is Magic Kingdom shooting game. When talking about queue times, this ride is really hit and miss. Sometimes it will have a 10 minute queue and sometimes it will have a two hour long queue. It's not up there as one of my favorite rides in regards to grabbing a fast pass for it if you're on a short trip. Like last year, my parents and I did a three part holiday. So we only spent about five days in Disney World, meaning that I could only spend one day in Magic Kingdom. I'll probably do another episode on fast passes, but if you're unfamiliar with the fast pass system at Disney World, you basically get three fast passes per day of your trip that you can pre-book so that you don't have to fully queue for your chosen attractions. And personally, Buzz Lightyear wouldn't be a ride that I would grab a fast pass for if I was only spending a short amount of time in the park. I'd normally just queue for it, but I like the bigger rides and the actual coasters, so I guess that's just me. The next ride that I'm gonna be talking about is one of the more thrilling rides in the park, and that's Space Mountain. Space Mountain is one of Magic Kingdom's dark rides, and it is a roller coaster. This ride always has a really long queue, so if you do like thrilling, fast, dark rides, then definitely try and grab a fast pass for this because you will not regret it. Most of it is in the dark, so you can't even see where you're going. It's just so fun and it's really thrilling. I really recommend it. The next ride, I'm not even sure I'll call it a ride. It's more of an attraction, but... Well, you'll see what I mean. If you know what it is, then great. If you don't, it's called the People Mover. You can basically people watch from above Tomorrowland and just sit down for like five to ten minutes. It was the first ride that my mum and I went on in 2017 whilst my sister and my dad decided to go on Stitch's Great Escape. RIP, it's not there anymore. But if you feel like you need some time out or you just want to relax, really, it's such a good ride for that. The last ride in Tomorrowland that I'm going to talk about is Tomorrowland Speedway. I always want to call it Autopia, but that's just because I'm so used to calling it what Disneyland Paris call it. This ride allows you to control a car around a track. It's honestly so fun. I always get flashbacks to going on it with my sister in 2017. She live streamed the whole thing on Facebook like as we went round. We were just in absolute hysterics because I kept crashing into the car in front of us. Honestly, it was awful, but it was a right laugh. Moving on to Adventureland, an absolute classic is Pirates of the Caribbean. It's an indoors dark ride, boat ride, experience. Honestly, it's a must do. I really do enjoy the one in Florida, but personally, I prefer the Disneyland Paris one because it's got more drops and I feel like it's a little bit more immersive, like you go through the restaurant, but overall, it's a classic, it's a must-do, you have to do it. I'm now completely moving away from the whole attractions and rides and I'm moving on to restaurants and quick service counters. So really, I think I've only properly eaten in two places in Magic Kingdom. Obviously, I can't really remember my trip in 2009, but I just remember in 2017 going to the Crystal Palace for breakfast and then I can't remember what we had for lunch. But for dinner, we had Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe and then last year we went to Epcot for lunch and then we had Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe for dinner again. But again, I did get some suggestions from people over on Instagram, so thank you if you submitted any. 
I managed to get it down to four, but I think I am gonna do another episode a bit down the line on like my bucket list, so places that I want to go to as well. So obviously the first place that I'm gonna talk about is Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe. If you have not tasted Disney chicken nuggets, one, where have you been? And two, for your first time, get them from Cosmic Ray's. They are absolutely incredible. They are my favorite chicken nuggets that I've ever had. They're just, there's something different about Disney chicken nuggets. You know what, actually? There's something different about anything to do with Disney food, whether that's a snack, a drink, a dinner, a meal, counter service, anything like that. Something just hits different with Disney. The next one that I absolutely love is Crystal Palace. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm not a breakfast person at all. And I feel like I didn't eat to my max when I went to Crystal Palace but the experience, the characters, the whole atmosphere was just absolutely incredible. So Crystal Palace for breakfast is a character dining restaurant. So we met all of the Winnie the Pooh characters. We met Pooh, Tigger, Eeyore and Piglet. All of the characters do like a massive circle so you can't be missed and you'll definitely get to meet all of them. I really would recommend it as like a character dining restaurant. I feel like it's quite an iconic place. Like a lot of people seem to go there on their first day in Magic Kingdom. So the next two restaurants I haven't been to, but I definitely want to. And the first one is Be Our Guest. I was ever so close to bursting into song then. If I went to Be Our Guest, honestly, the dream would be to sit in the ballroom. I, oh my gosh, I cannot describe my love for Beauty and the Beast. It used to be my absolute favorite Disney film. Now Tangled is, and it is a very close second. So I would absolutely love either to do lunch or dinner at Be Our Guest. Dinner would be an absolute dream because you get to meet the beast. And in regards to lunch, I just really want to try the beef sandwich. Another restaurant is Columbia Harbour House. And again, I've never been here, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I again, really want to eat the Disney chicken nuggets from there or the shrimp or the pot pie, any of that. I'm suddenly really hungry whilst filming this, but honestly, I've just heard really, really good things. I think it's a quick service credit. So if you're on the quick service dining plan, that would all work out. I just haven't heard a single bad review from here. So a lot of people would recommend. I can't say at the moment that I would recommend, but going off what other people have said, it sounds like a good shout. Next on here, I've got shows and entertainment. I feel like there are two key shows slash entertainment at Magic Kingdom, and they are the Festival of Fantasy Parade and Happily Ever After. There obviously are more shows, but these are just the two that I would really recommend. So the Festival of Fantasy Parade runs all the way through Magic Kingdom, going from Frontierland down to Main Street. It involves so many Disney characters from Belle, Beast, Cinderella, Tiana, Anna, Elsa. There's honestly so many, and it is possibly one of the best parades I've ever seen. Disneyland Resort in California have actually just bought out a new parade before this whole quarantine thing happened. It's called Magic Happens and I remember looking at all of the concept art at D23. The floats are so beautiful, honestly, it would be an absolute dream to watch it. And obviously the next show slash attraction slash entertainment, whatever you want to call it, is Happily Ever After, which is the firework display at Magic Kingdom. I am not giving you any spoilers at all. You just need to watch it, whether that's virtually in real life. I know there are loads and loads of videos on YouTube about it. If you are a hardcore Disney fan like me, you will cry. So make sure that you take tissues with you. It's possibly the most beautiful show I've ever seen. And I think that actually wraps up episode two of Unlocking Disney. Thank you so much if you made it to the end. I really appreciate it. I have so many ideas for this podcast and I can't wait to share them all with you. I'm going to aim to do a new episode every week, so make sure that you subscribe to stay up to date. I'm always available on my Instagram, which is at Disney Girls Blog. 
If you have any questions, any suggestions or similar, make sure to let me know. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening. I will see you very soon with a new one. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.